Radical, episode 120, already off to an awesome start <laughs> with the visual. Uh, my camera just uh, just came up. Thank you guys for joining me tonight. Uh, what a great weekend. Uh, I've, I'm, I'm telling you, it was crazy. It was awesome. I've got some things to catch you guys up on. Uh, I know it is late, Zach, and uh, I've got I've got Twitter running at the same time. Um, we're going to get into some updates from Holly Springs. We're going to get into some of the documents that I prepared that I didn't really even have to use. Uh, hello, 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 everybody in the chat from YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, everybody from tw uh, Twitter on Spaces right now. Uh, we're live on spaces. If you guys want to interact with us at any point, uh, you can request to speak. And, you know, once, uh, you know, once we get to a certain point in the topic uh, where I'm ready to take questions, we'll do that as well. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about guns and safety and uh, some of the, some of the shit that went down around here this weekend. It's unbelievable. You move out to the middle of nowhere and things are still, I mean, just, really kind of crazy uh sometimes so um you know it's it's just i guess a lesson that you know you got to be kind of on your toes and and ready uh whenever wherever you are but um first and foremost let's let's talk about um let's talk about holly springs because you guys did such an amazing job of calling in and i don't want to say harassing but at least explaining and talking and um making yourselves known uh to the the city of holly springs uh and the um the the mayor uh mr stephen miller who is a super nice guy so uh to catch you guys up i i went down on friday morning and we had a, a really a, a great conversation for about an hour uh he's a marine um and turns out he's very very liberty-minded he might not be quite as far as some of us are right uh, but this is, you know, it's it's a learning game, right? And and we talked about this. We talked about it with the the chief, uh, Kahili. You know, like I get these things where people are brought up and indoctrinated their entire life, and at that point, um, you know, it's hard to make that change. It's hard to make that admission that maybe, hey, listen, I I fail, I I fell for it, right? And if you're new to the show, welcome. I mean, Democrats, Republicans, you're coming in from everywhere because we are uniting people, not only here in the uh, the Libertarian Party and in, in the Liberty, you know, Libertarian Unity Movement. We're bringing in, you know, not only Democrats and Republicans, we're bringing people in internationally. It's it's insane. Um, I mean, to, so anyway, to get back to this. So we met for about about an hour and we had a, a fantastic conversation. He had gone and done his homework. Um, I thought it was really cool that he had um, gone out and kind of to, to see where we were coming from. Not only listen to the conversation uh, and the podcast that we did on Holly Springs, but he had listened to quite a few others. And he's like, I get it. I get it, man. And so this is this is what I want to convey to you guys in terms of, you know, just being a, a single person in this world that gives a damn, that wants to do something that can, to, can dedicate some time and grind and, and, and do something right. Like this, this is our moment in history. Shit's not working. Um, and one of the things that I, I said, you know, and after we kind of got warmed up a little bit and, uh, you know, the, the smell test, as they used to say, uh, we, we started talking about America and I told him, I said, you know, listen, man, 
we're post-constitutional United States. Make no mistake about it. I don't care how much red, white, and blue you bleed. Um, I get loving this land. I get loving the the neighborhoods that you grew up in and your neighbors and your family and all these amazing people that are here that have that I mean look I'm I'm 40 years old and I've seen America change so drastically in in terms of the way we communicate the technology you know the the idea I mean from when I was a little kid that you know there was still a, a, a huge huge problem with you know people from different ethnic backgrounds being associated or married or, or God, you know, quote them back in the day, you know, God forbid if they were gay and transsexual isn't even a thought like to think about what America is. I've met more people from all walks of life, you know, you know, in, in the 40 years and experienced such culture that I, I get on the understanding that you love this place and you don't want it to change and you don't want it to be a new country and you don't want to, you know, see it, devolve from the United States of America, but I'm sorry to tell you guys, you know, I, I hate to be that the bearer of bad news, but there are, there's nothing left in terms of the constitution. And you guys know how I am. If you've been a long listener to the show is the anti-federalist right. The constitution was a coup on the articles of confederation. Um, and the mayor was very receptive to this message. And I told him, in, in five years, maybe less from now, this country is not going to be this country anymore. It's going to be something different. It's going to have evolved again. And I, you know, kind of that pep speech that I kind of try to have with people, especially people who are seated in positions of um, executive, legislative, or even judicial for that matter, is you got a chance to do something. You know, you came into this position, you want to do something, you've said so yourself. Well, let's damn do it. And to think about waiting on a city council or a county commission or anybody else as an executive in 2021 seems really odd to me, considering that every fucking governor in the United States minus one came out and said, you're staying home. You no longer have the right to assemble. You no have you no have longer have the right of association. You don't have the right to run your business free and unobstructed. Like that's that's what the governors did this this past year. So the idea that governors and presidents and executives have set this precedent to where executives can kind of do a lot of what they want to do is really, really dangerous. I don't care whose hands it is. It's in. However, I will tell you right now that if you're thinking about running for office, I think you should probably run for an executive position because now is the time. Now is the time you can make proclamations. This Now is the time you can make executive decisions in terms of repealing, removing policy, and you can do it all based in the Constitution. I'm not saying we need to bring the Constitution back. I'm not saying anything great about it. What I'm saying is, is it can be used as a tool to nullify the federal, the state, the county, and the city overreach, wherever you are. This is this is what we have to be doing. So this is this is the pep talk that I gave to the mayor Stephen Miller down in Holly Springs. And he's like, yeah, let's let's do it. And I said, first and foremost, cool. Uh let's do civil asset forfeiture. Done. So I am going to help write the proclamations. I'm probably just going to go ahead and, and bang them out and send them in. And this is going to be policy. 
right? The idea that you can stop anybody without suspicion of crime, that's going to go away down there due to proclamation. This, if a mayor says, hey, listen, police force, these guys are actually looking out for your safety. You don't want to do all these stops. You don't need to do all these things. You don't need to make you know criminals out of peaceful people. Very receptive to this message. Why not? Who, who's fighting that message in 2021? I have no idea. But he he was completely receptive to this. So ending civil asset forfeiture, ending the idea that you can stop somebody as a state official with a badge and a gun and question them or her like just just interrupt their day if they don't want to talk to you, let alone pull you over on a really damn dangerous stretch of road like an interstate and harass you there. That's done. We're it's all done. We're going to write procl- uh, proclamations. We're going to keep going. I'm going to push as hard as I can for things like nullification of anything that's naturally growing out of the ground. And being a veteran, he was very receptive to that idea to be able to, I mean, because he's, I got to guess he's just a little older than I am to have seen, you know, guys he considers family brothers, you know, come back from God awful murder cult, you know, war. To, to, to be in, in, in this day and age and think that things growing out of the ground can, should somehow be governed by other people, right? You can't trust people with, the, 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 with nature. So how do you trust people with power and nature? Very receptive to that argument. So I'm going to go ahead and write up the proclamation that anything that's coming out of the ground If it's your belief that you think that it might have some, you know, holistic quality, some homeopathic quality, whatever the case, some medicinal quality, who the hell is the government in this area to tell you you can't? Nullification through proclamation of mayor is one of those things I really hadn't considered a heck of a lot, but it's local. You can get to them. You can have these conversations. They can see the humanity in your eyes and they can do something. And the only thing they have to do is tell their guys, hey, stop doing shit about this. Leave these fucking people alone. They're peaceful people. Can you, I mean, can you imagine if we're having like, I mean, seriously, and this isn't going to stop here. I've got a few other cities and I got a sheriff's department to go visit on top of this. So Woodstock, Canton, if you're listening, I can't wait to talk to you. Um, the the sheriff here, Frank Reynolds, I can't wait to talk to you again. This is, you don't have to do things. You don't have to point guns at peaceful people and ruin their lives or ruin their day or, or take their stuff, right? Like we're, we want to be a, a really great place to live. We want to be a free place to live. And if you guys are on board, we got your back. That's the, that's the, I don't know, man, like the, to be able to, to be able to sit here and turn it on its head, this stupid divide, this, you know, everywhere. I don't care what it is, you know, whether it's melanation of the skin or who you love or what God or God you don't worship. Like, I don't give a shit. The idea that we should be at war with people who want to do good things in their community, 
boy, I don't see it. I think they just need to be spoken to like human beings that are rational human beings that love the people that, you know, that are around them. Like it's, it's, it's amazing that this, I don't know that this hasn't happened earlier, but anyway, it's a great meeting. Uh, the, the, the proclamations I've started already writing them. Um, my good buddy, uh, you know, I'm not going to say his name yet, but, um, I'll tell you right now, they're they're going to take it upon themselves and they are going to make the correction and they're going to go back and they are going to apologize. I've got to send some stuff over in terms of contact information, but uh, I got the email and uh, just saw it today and I'm tickled to death um, from the follow up email from the mayor down there. So I'm, uh, I'm just it's you guys. Thank you guys for calling. Thank you guys uh, for being that irate, outraged uh, minority out there. You see what happens? Just a just a little bit of work and it goes an extremely long way. So um, if you guys are out there now, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this little break in between and say, Hey, thank you so much for everything. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, um, go out to uh, patreon.com slash radical pod and become a patron. Every little bit helps. I appreciate all of you guys that are patrons already. Um, if you don't have a lot of uh, nickels to rub together and you want to help me out, man, go and and like everything, subscribe to everything, YouTube especially. I'm way behind on my YouTube followers. Um, and leave a five-star review on Apple. And if you got something to bring to my attention, you can go to Shane at Radical Pod. There is merchandise out for Radical now. Um, I've got, oh man, I'll tell you what, some of the stuff you guys are going to be tickled to death at. It's it's hysterical. Um, and Top Lobster, thanks for uh, the one uh, for the, the Rothbard with the J in his mouth that says, tax this dick, Rothbard underneath. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm going to catch some hell for it, but it's a hysterical t-shirt and uh, really kind of just sends the message home. So um, thank you guys for all doing that. I want to catch you guys up. So I have had an outpouring of uh, support and outreach from this community. Um, a guy named Jake Green came out uh, this weekend. Jake's a really, he's a good guy. He's all about liberty. He's been all over the map politically. Uh, I got to spend an afternoon with him and his great wife. And what a, you know, really cool couple to have out. So Jake has done some things where he has documented traveling the world on really kind of a shoestring budget. Um, and he has done documentaries and he has now found uh, Radical. He's found Dave Smith, he's found Liberty, and he's found the Mises Caucus. And he wants to work. He wants to grind. He wants to, you know, get out there and see how he can start affecting uh, change with his passion and his gifts. And, I, you know, I told him, I said, man, Liberty business is not what you think it is in terms like, oh, I should say it's, it's, it's not a, you're not going to get rich being in the Liberty business. This is a grind, right? This is absolutely the grind for something way bigger than ever being, you know, wealthy. This is the grind for being free. And he said, yeah, I said, you know, I'd like to turn it into a, a huge, huge thing where we can lift others up into an industry of Liberty, right? We have to create this industry of Liberty. And that's, that's my biggest mission. We create an industry of liberty where we keep people employed in this industry. And the sky's the limit. It's already happening. It's decentralizing everywhere. Um, but at any rate, uh, yeah, he, uh, he said, yeah, you know what? I'm in. So I've got a guy who's going to come out and do photography and videos of anything that I, you know, that I ask him to for the most part. 
Um, and you know, that is, that's what we got to have in terms of pushing these things. Like I, I've always said, if you guys know what you're doing, uh, with, you know, visual audio, you, there's a ton of content, chop stuff up, throw it out there, put it in bite-sized pieces for algorithms so that we can do things. And you can, if you, if you do something like that, you want to send it to me, uh, Shane at radical pod, or if we need to find a, you know, a server space where we can, uh, you know, transfer larger files. Awesome. I, if I can do this and we can create something and I can start paying people to do all this kind of stuff, man, I am, I'm, this is how we, this is how it begins. This is how we start industry. And this is how we start affecting larger and larger cultures out there. And really, I mean, people who will grind and work, you know, just through the days and nights, like something that they're, they're possessed. That's how you win Liberty. It takes a gigantic, it's just a mammoth X, you know, amount of, of preparation, of grinding, of effort, of know-how, of just, you know, learning, learning, learning. I'll tell you what, man, to think about how close they got back in 1776, you know, when they were riding horsebacks and sending letters and, you know, staying up by candlelight and writing things with fucking feathers, right? Like, you're just like, man... We got everything in our in our grasp right now to do these kind of things. And, you know, what what's our excuse? What's our excuse for not taking it to the next level? I've I've got none. And I'm looking for anybody and everybody out there who is willing to do this kind of stuff. So um then where I want to transition to next is we're sitting on the porch and I've got I mean, I've got so much just wild mountain forest around me. I never ever thought I'd have to worry about small arms fire from uh, civilians. Never. And there I found myself Saturday. Um, we always have, you know, on on good weekends, right? We have we have guns going off in the background. There's there's ranges around here. There's guys that hunt that, that have you know some undeveloped property up on the mountain and all that kind of stuff. And so when you know when I hear gunshots, most of the time it brings a smile to my face. This weekend, it was a little bit closer than usual, um, and I really didn't think much of it. I'm very aware of what incoming fire sounds like, and it, that it wasn't it. You know, it was it was loud, um, but it wasn't anything that where you're hearing snaps come by uh, um, and the whiz of different types of rounds. So, you know, we're sitting out there, we're having a, an amazing conversation about just you know getting to know each other travels life experience you know backgrounds mom dad parents you name it and so um about halfway through the visit uh two rounds man they just came cranking by just crack crack and i was like holy shit we're being shot at or you know like you know there there's this old saying in the marine corps that friendly fire never is um we've got a couple of rounds coming in and we're sitting on the, on the back porch. And I was like, Holy shit, get inside now, get on the front of the house. And so I immediately, you know, went into the zone and grabbed my bullet bouncer and my rifle and grabbed, you know, the Polaris. And I tore back to where these guys were shooting and they were shooting over the road that I had to drive up to, to get there. That's why, you know, the, the added protection and everything else. So I get up there and there's five or six dudes with pistols and ARs and AKs and things like that. And they've got a wood pile and they've got, they're up on, on, on a crest, right. On, on a, on a mountain ridge. 
and they've got targets set up and I can already tell, you know, that their, their azimuth where they're shooting is directly towards the back of my house. And I, I came up there, you know, super hot, super bothered and just read on the riot act. And here's the thing is, you know, maybe, maybe not the, this, the smartest thing to do, but I, I don't know. In, in a moment where my wife, my daughter, my my house guest could have been killed, right? Uh, sitting out there on the deck because of negligence. I was hot, man. I was I was cussing. I was you know swearing up a storm, asking who was in charge. Um, and you know, somebody started to talk, and I said, sh- basically, shut up, listen. And we talked. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys about a little bit of safety in terms of what's going on from a guy that's you know been around and set up some ranges and, and and really knows a thing or two um if you're going into the woods and you're firing and you haven't done a range survey you're wrong right like there's there's we you have to be extremely responsible and this guy thought he was being responsible um you guys on on twitter i, I will get to you here shortly but yeah this there with with every right you have it also comes with a responsibility. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you all the responsibilities, all the rights. I will talk to you tonight about this, especially because it almost, it could have changed, could have changed the life of my family uh, or, you know, my, my friend's family to, to have rounds come whizzing by, man, it, um, it brought up some emotions. It brought up some past. It brought up a whole bunch of things, you know, kind of killed a little bit of the spirit of the afternoon, but this responsibility if you have these weapons, especially here on the East Coast, where you can't see, you know, 50, far, uh, 50 yards in front of you, if if you're going to set up a, uh, a range, uh, an impromptu range on some land that maybe you are familiar with or maybe you're not familiar with, I don't care. Maybe it, there's some knowledge I can pass on to you right now about how to properly do this. One of the first things you should do with all the technology that you have now is check in with the landowner. This guy did not. Um, this guy came out there, uh, he had access to the gate to his brother-in-law's property. He was very unfamiliar with the property. I think he had gone up there to shoot pistols before. Uh, and I had met him at the gate this one time. Anyway, he's up there and he's the guy who's kind of the, the range safety officer, the RSO. And he thinks because he's shooting from a crest downward, um, and really downward is subjective because if your targets are at, you know, normal you know, man height, you know, you're almost shooting level, maybe a a little bit down. That's, that's a problem. You know, you shouldn't be shooting down most of the time. You should probably have a, a a solidified backstop, you know, unless you've just got so much damn land that, you know, there's, it's not possible uh, to, to shoot anywhere else. Right. So, you know, if you're shooting into a berm, into a hill, into uh, a, a wooded area, that wooded area needs to be one of those wooded areas that the distance is correct. So how do we figure this stuff out? Um, there's there's a ton of apps out there, uh, ballistic calculators and things like that, that can tell you exactly how far whatever weapon system you're shooting shoots. So in yards or meters, it'll tell you that it's this long, um, you know, max, well, max, 
effective range of a, an AR-15, for exists, uh, for example, is about 700 meters, right? Depending, and I don't get all technical on me with the, you know, rifle twists and the, the, the load and the grain, like I, I, I know there's variations, roughly 700 meters. But if you're shooting, um, you know, a, a more precision type rifle, that could be well over two miles. It could be, it's much shorter with pistols. What I'm saying is, is know what type of wes- weapon systems you have first. Then what you need to do is you need to get onto Google Maps and you need to figure out the area you're in and look around at kind of what is around you from an aerial view. Um, if once you kind of figure that out, because I say Google Maps, uh, it's got a uh, probably some of the most recent satellite images there is. And if you guys know of something better, drop it in the comments or do something like that. We'll uh, we can talk about it. But then there's a, another app that's a it's a great hunting app, really. It's called Onyx Hunt. And I use it because I like to know if I'm out and about um, if there's property out there, if I can get in touch with somebody uh, to maybe hunt their land, uh, maybe to travel through their land on foot if there's no access or anything like that. So it's one of the things that I do just to, you know, keep me, my family um, and, and everybody else safe that might be around, um, you know, and I don't do it during hunting season. So um what it will do is bring up topography, it will bring up satellite, it will bring up roads, and it will help you line out from the point you're at to how many ever feet or meters or yards you need uh, to shoot a weapon system in a safe manner. So if you you know consider, hey, 700 yards, I probably need to be safe and go 1,000 yards for a five, five, six, or I need to go even further, right? Like you can start to figure these out. And really, obviously, when you start, if you're in any area that's got any type of residential industry, anything where human beings could possibly be, you should be doing this. Now, how do you figure out which direction is which? This is where being able to read a map and read a compass, which is all right on your phone, uh, you got a compass app, I guarantee you. An azimuth is a direction. So 360 degrees from your space. You should be able to figure out which way is north, orient a map so that it faces north with you, and then use that azimuth to figure out which direction you are roughly shooting in. Don't shoot towards people, ever. If there's a question in your mind, don't do it. If you can't figure this kind of stuff out, you shouldn't be going out by yourself and just shooting anywhere. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm deadly damn serious. I had people do it this weekend, and it could have gone very, very wrong very quickly. So those are, you know, some of the basics that you need to understand in setting up what's called a range fan or a range or whatever, right and left lateral limits and impact zones. This is imperative as a gun owner. It's imperative as somebody who might go and set up a range or maybe run a range with more than yourself and maybe one other person. Um, I don't suggest, you know, if you are new to teaching that you ever take out people first and foremost uh, that, you know, are new to firearms. Take out some people that kind of know what they're doing and maybe see if you've got what it takes to run them through um, you know, a, a couple magazines or a course of fire, whatever it is, start off with people that kind of know what they're doing. If you're, if you want to be an RSO and work your way up and really, you know, if you're teaching uh, weapons mechanics and all these things, uh, weapons manipulation, doing drills, 
you should probably have quite a few hours under your belt and you should really know um, what you're doing in terms of where you're going to set up if you have to set up an expedient range, those type of things and to, to coordinate with people um, and, and possibly even and maybe the, the biggest part of going out to a range is having an emergency plan if something happens, something goes wrong. Let's face it, you're dealing with firearms, you're, you know, they're dangerous, man. In the wrong hands, you know, they're, they're deadly. Now, the, having that emergency plan, having a blowout kit in terms of med kits to pack holes and everything else and, and to understand how to do tourniquets if you need to, this is extremely important as well. It's, it's all about if you are the person who is in charge of the range, if you're bringing guests out to land, these are things you absolutely have to know. So um, I hope you guys will consider that, you know, when you're when you're out there, I know most of you guys are absolute gun nuts. And a lot of times you've never heard what you've never heard. Um, go out and take some courses of fire if you've never done like a shooting package from somebody. It's it's well worth it if you get the right people. Um, go with people who are, you know, extremely experienced and, you know, have shot in the last, I don't know, year at least. Right. Like. You don't want to go out there with people who haven't knocked the rust off once in a while. Even they get rusty. And you don't want to go out in huge groups where there isn't enough eyes on people. The, the rule really is about, you know, for every one instructor, there's two shooters, maybe three if they're good, right? To just keep everything safe. Like, it's just, it's it's got to it's gotta be that way. Um, all right. So, I, I wanted to get through... Those two things to bring you guys kind of up to speed on what's going on. Um, I, I know uh, I'm going to get into some homesteading at some point. It's not going to be tonight. I know you guys, a lot of you have been asking questions about this kind of thing. Um, but I did a lot of homework um, when, you know, in preparation, uh, the way I do things, uh, I, I like to be prepared. I really like to have all my ducks in a row and to to have you know, the, the backing, especially for people who are in state positions and, you know, the, the mayor of Holly Springs, he didn't need all of this stuff. Like I didn't have to crack this open once, not once. And I, like, I kind of got to the point and I was like, damn, man, I did all this prep for nothing. You're just going to be that guy that's like cool with a, a couple of proclamations. And we're going to start changing things. So, um, let's, Let's talk about the right to travel. Nobody talks about the right to travel. Um, it's not a right that's uh, you know codified in the in the Constitution in in plain speak, right? It's not one of the the first eight amendments. However, because of the Ninth Amendment, the Ninth Amendment is a catch-all in terms of your rights. If it is not enumerated in the Constitution in the Bill of Rights, it cannot be used to disparage you or to deny you all the rights that are retained by the people. It's just natural law, right? It's, it's a law that governs um, our actions and consequences, if that makes sense to everybody. So one of those rights is the right to travel freely. It's guaranteed. Excuse me, I had to get a little bit of water. Um, the The Constitution of the United States, like I said, it's we're failed uh, constitutional republic, but it doesn't mean that you can't take this stuff and use it against tyrants. You should be using it against tyrants. Um, I'm going to keep an eye on the people in 
um, the live space right now on Twitter. If you guys want to go out there and ask questions, uh, ask questions. This is I'm going to get into a lot of uh, Supreme Court decisions out here and in how they pertain to travel. And it's kind of in chronological order. But uh, it's it's extremely important that you guys know this kind of stuff, especially in this day and age where, you know, a lot of organizations are just stopping people and questioning them like, yeah, I mean, when we talk about Nazi Germany, right, where are your papers? You know, what are you doing? Where are you going? Prove to me that you're not up to something, right? Or I'm going to take your shit anyway through civil asset forfeiture, or I'm going to smell drugs. I'm, like, this this stuff happens all the time. So one of the first uh, Supreme Court cases to ever handle this was the uh, passenger cases, Seven Howard of, uh, of 1849. And part of the decision on this read we are all citizens of the United States and as members of the same community must have the right to pass and repass through every part of it without interruption. Pretty, pretty cut and dry in terms of a decision, you know, is, is if we all live in this country, uh, then uh, we all have a right to be on our way uh, to go to wherever we need to go and then come back from wherever we need to go without interruption is the important part. The state doesn't get to interrupt you. Nobody gets to interrupt you. There's no right that anybody has if you're on your way somewhere to stop you and, you know, question what the hell you're up to. Oh, man, you look nefarious. You got blacked out windows. I'm going to stop you. Oh, hey, man, you got a low rider. Man, you look you look really suspicious. I'm going to stop you. You got lights under your car. Oh, man, you got an old car that's beat up. It's no. I'm going to stop you. Like All these stupid ass decisions that somebody said there ought to be a law shane there ought to be a law against dark windows like shut the fuck up no nobody has a right if you're not hurting anybody you don't have a right to to stop them now let's some people are like well you know there's got to be a threshold somewhere because if people are going too fast on the road then yeah now eminent danger is something different eminent danger can be a motor vehicle flying down the road um, where traffic conditions aren't safe, right? And I, you know, I will make the concession that maybe 15 miles an hour over, um, especially when it's crowded, yeah, maybe you're dipshit. You know, if you're weaving in and out of traffic, uh, you know, basically playing pinball or, or barely pinball with your car, you're an asshole, right? Like, I know you haven't hurt anybody, but you know what? There is a, there's, you're not a professional driver. You're not out there, uh, you know, being, being, you know, smart, right? Like the, when, when we talk about people in imminent danger, I mean, I know driving cars is kind of imminent danger, but I'm telling you, there's a certain point when imminent danger becomes very real. Um, guys are swerving everywhere. They're blackout drunk. I've seen it myself, you know, where guys have actually absolutely passed out on the highway. That's, that's a, that's where you do call somebody and you say, Hey man, you know, we need, we need this guy, uh, off the road and we need to help him. The last thing we need to do is put a bullet in him. Um, but at the same time, you know, those guys gotta be, those guys gotta be a lot better off not on the road. Um, but anyway, you have the, the right to travel without interruption is, is the point. Then it goes to Murdoch versus Pennsylvania. And this is, um, 319 of us code one Oh five. This is a 1943, uh, a state may not impose a charge for the enjoyment of a right granted by the federal constitution. Freedoms of press, freedom of speech, and freedom of religion are in a preferred position. The privilege in question exists apart from the state authority. It is guaranteed 
the people by the federal constitution. So what they're saying basically is you have the freedom of association, speech, and religion, and you have the freedom to go and do these things without question. It's, um, it's above the state's authority to do such a thing. Um, and I'm going to look in back and forth between Twitter and everything else. Let's see. Nina says that it sucks that I have to, <laughs> I have to limo all around. Fingers crossed. No issues yet. Uh, year five. And let's see, California rolling stuff. Yeah, you know what? Like, listen, <laughs> I've rolled through plenty of stop signs. You know what? There's there's not that much to it. Um, and and people getting pulled over, especially in parking lots where parking lots are private uh, property. Like that's a that's a no go, man. That's it's really that's tough. Um, and Philip, what do you say? Says, uh, yeah, he was pretty suspect as his reasons for pulling me over. I think it was my porcupine logo in the rear window. Well, you, you might not be wrong there. Um, let's move on. The NAACP versus Alabama, 357 U.S. Code 449. This is 1958. The decision is, like the right of association, the right of travel, freely is a virtually an unconditional, is, is virtually unconditional uh, personal right guaranteed by the constitu Constitution to all of us. So this is 1958. Uh, obviously, they had some problems down here in the South. It's not just a right that's guaranteed to people who own property with very little melanin in their skin. Uh, reckless driving should be the charge on the road. Yeah, Tim, I'm, I don't disagree with you. Um, the next one is Apicacker. App. I'm going to have a tough time with this. This is uh, versus the, the Secretary of State in 1964, uh, 378 U.S. Code 500. A personal liberty protected by the Bill of Rights. Freedom of travel is a constitutional liberty closely related to the rights of free speech and association. The constitutional right to travel has been firmly established and repeatedly recognized that a right so elementary was conceived from the beginning. In any event, freedom to travel throughout the United States has long been recognized as a basic right under the Constitution. So when you get stopped close to the border in places like, I don't know, California, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, um, yeah, I think that's about it. The idea that they can stop you for traveling on an interstate is absolutely void of any force. The, I mean, it, it says it is as clear as day here. The, I, I've been out there. I've been out in Yuma, Arizona, where I'm traveling east, going back to Phoenix, and the, the I'll get stopped at Border Patrol or by Border Patrol. I haven't left the United States, and they want to know, are you an American citizen? You have absolutely no duty at all to tell them anything. You have, they have zero power whatsoever to to detain you to interrupt your travel you are traveling we'll, we'll get to the difference between traveling uh versus operating a motor vehicle as well uh united states versus uh, guest uh 383 us code 745 is 1966 the constitutional right to travel is a right that has been firmly established and repeatedly recognized a right so elementary was conceived from the beginning in any event the freedom to travel throughout the united states has long been recognized see it gets very repetitive. Shapiro versus Thompson, 394 U.S. Code, 618, 1969. Freedom to travel is an elementary 
is an element of liberty secured by the due process clause of the Fifth Amendment. Shovel versus Bullsworth of Birmingham, 394 U.S. Code 147. This is also uh, 1969. Uh, Our decisions have made clear that a person faced with an unconstitutional licensing law may ignore it and engage with impunity in the exercise of the right for which the law purports to require a license. This is one of my favorite ones. When I found this, man, it was it was amazing. I found this and I was like, well, this doesn't just apply to traveling. This applies to guns. This is guns. One of the next things I think I'm going to take to the mayor is we don't have gun laws in in Holly Springs, right? Like it, we have the right that has been made clear, right? Uh, on any unconstitutional licensing law, they are all unconstitutional, uh, may be ignored. <laughs> I mean, with impunity in the exercise of a right for which the law purports to require a license. You, you cannot be, you cannot be made to pay for a license where you enjoy the right to do so. It's, it's absolutely insane, man. Um, Austin, I see you out there, man. I, I'm really kind of rolling through this stuff as much as possible. Uh, I don't see you in the in the chat. Let's see. Uh, Jennifer, uh, we've got basketball players have the freedom to travel too. Uh, yeah, why wouldn't basketball players have the freedom to travel? I have issues with pulling people over for the potential to harm. It's used as suspect. Yeah, you know what? When you're when you're basically uh you know driving like a maniac and i mean really driving like a maniac it's it's pretty apparent like if somebody gets you going uh 15 to 20 over like you're you're kind of being an asshole like i get it there's times and days when there's nobody on the road and it's wide open and there's really nothing to risk i get it you don't have to do this i'm telling you in a better society like this isn't a problem um the constitutionally guaranteed right uh, cannot be verted, converted into a crime. This is this is super important. Um, yeah, Austin, you're important. Um, the the case Miller versus U.S. the, the U.S. Fifth Circuit two thirty F two uh, D of four eighty six, and this is in nineteen fifty six. The claim and exercise of a constitutional right cannot thus be converted into a crime, right? You want to carry guns, carry guns. You want to have suppressors, have suppressors. You want to have uh, fully automatic weapons, have fully automatic weapons. You want to protest, you want to assemble, go do it. If you want to repel somebody from your person, property, or things, it's your right. They can't take your stuff either. Uh, that's against the law. That's obviously flies right in the in, in the in the the face of of being secure in your person, property, effects or having your stuff taken uh, without due process. It's your right. The case, again, for those of you guys, is Miller versus U.S. It's it's the Fifth Circuit. And it reads again, the claim and exercise of a constitutional right cannot thus be converted into a crime. It's all right here. It's in black and white. This has all been done. Miranda versus Arizona, 384 U.S. 436, where rights are secured by the Constitution are involved. There can be no rulemaking or legislation which would arbogate. Again, no rules, no laws, no policy, no constitutional, quote unquote, uh, judicial type decision, executive, uh, executive order, you name it, nothing. 
has the ability to take these away. And I've talked about it on other shows. The the idea that you can take somebody's, you know, take a constitution and change it after you you don't have an Article 5 through policy or bureaucracy, through EO, through executive order, whatever, you can't do it. It doesn't exist. This is all, when I, when I talk about this kind of stuff, this is what you have to share with your mayors. This is what you have to get groups of people together to go talk to your mayors. And I'm not talking at City Hall. Go to their office and have a conversation with them like a human being. They live in your community. They're probably somebody that has another job for the most part, you know, unless it's a giant city and you're probably not going to get anywhere there. But in smaller cities around the country, you can do these kind of things. Hale versus Hinkle, there is a clear distinction between an individual and a corporation. The individual may stand upon his constitutional rights as a citizen. He is entitled to carry on his private business in his own way. He owes nothing to the public so long as he does not trespass upon their rights. Upon the other hand, the corporation is a creature of the state. Its powers are limited by law. Yeah, you're not. This is all about trust and trustee, right? You, they're the trust. You're the trustee. Like you, your rights are first and foremost anywhere and everywhere. I don't give a damn what the Constitution says. I don't care what anybody says. Your rights are yours, and only free men and women who act like free men and women will be free. That means you have to make sure that mayors, police chiefs, sheriffs, executives across the board understand these things and understand there's a line in the sand. No better friend, no worse enemy, right? This is what we used to say in the Marine Corps. You guys can do this and we will back you up and we will, we will help you. We will be the community that is united and, and protecting people's rights. Or you can fight all of us. That's what politicians don't want to do. Politicians don't want to make press. They don't want to make news. They don't want to make headlines. They don't want to do any of that kind of stuff. They want quiet, quiet terms. They want to do whatever their little pet projects are a lot of times, and they want to get reelected. How are you going to get reelected if you got an irate minority that's really, really pissed off about what's going on with people's rights? Use these things to your advantage. These are tools. I've said it over and over again. I'm going to say it again. The Constitution is a failed, failed coup, and I'm glad it is, but you can still use it uh, to your advantage. Uh, let's see. Marbury versus Madison. A legislative act, contrary to the Constitution, is not law. An act of the legislature repugnant to the Constitution is void. I'm cr crazy, right? I mean, seriously. Norton versus Shelby County, 118 U.S. Code 425-1886. An unconstitutional act is not law. It imposes no duty. It is in legal contemplation as inoperative as though it had never been passed. All you got to do is push back. It's all right here. Muggler versus Kansas, 123 U.S. Code 623-1887. The Supreme Court of the United States is, however, the final expositor uh, and arbiter of all disputed questions touching the scope and meaning 
of that sacred instrument, the U.S. Constitution. See, it's a murder cult. It's a cult. Only people use cults language like this. Uh, sacred instrument. And its decisions thereon are binding upon all courts, both state and federal. Yeah, no kidding. You try to explain this to some people and they're like, oh, no, man, it's, it's got to be one way or another. It's got to, you know, if it doesn't apply to my politician, I've got an out over here. No, it says what it says. It doesn't say what it doesn't say. Um, and there's a bunch of court cases that all back this up. So um, let's you, we can get into a, a whole bunch of things. I, I see I'm already running up on 15 minutes. The idea here is that you are, you know, you're, you're traveling, right? Like anybody who tries to make a license or convict you of a crime while in exercise of your rights to travel or bear arms or assemble or redress your government or do anything that is covered by the constitution or is a natural right, something maybe that grows out of the ground. I don't know what other natural rights <sighs> association, the right to protect yourself, right? The, the law of self-preservation, all of these things are your rights. Nobody has a power, which is less than a right, to license them or make a crime out of them for maybe not obtaining a license. Now, what's important also is the fact that you understand traveling versus um, being, you know, being in commerce. And I'm, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because we're short on time. Um, let's see. Yeah, you're driving. You you're not driving. You are traveling um, because you are not operating a motor vehicle. You are traveling in an automobile. These are definitions, and, and I'm being very very specific. Um, driving. You are you are not driving. You are traveling because you are not operating in a motor vehicle. You are traveling in an automobile, horseless carriage, truck, van, etc. You are not transporting passengers. They are your traveling companions or guest very very important because if you're in commerce obviously then they think you're incorporated you're you know obviously doing business in the state and you know in, in free countries you can't do business in the state without the state getting their cut right um because the supreme court says you don't need any form of license or pay any fee to enjoy your liberty and your constitutional rights natural rights people but I don't know. I could get into this stuff more. And I think, you know, in a different circumstance where I had longer to do so, and it wasn't already coming up on about 11 o'clock here on the East Coast or after 11 o'clock, I would probably keep going. But I think, you know, having done some homework in this and understanding, um, first and foremost, not only the rights, but the fact that they have been adjudicated by people who were probably a lot more free uh, you know, in, in some, in some circles, and listen, I get it in a lot of circles, people weren't, and, and that's an awful thing. We, they, they messed up, but it also has, you also have, you know, the, the final, um, and, and maybe one of the most important pieces of law in all of this, which really puts the teeth in it. And that is us code 18 and it's 241 and 242. And I hope you guys will remember these. I hope you will commit them to memory. I hope where you can't commit this kind of stuff to memory, I hope you'll print out a, a, a big list of this kind of stuff so that when you travel around or you have discussions with your mayor uh, or a mayor or a sheriff or an executive of any sort, you can cite these things. 
And it makes it very clear. It makes your life safer. It makes your community safer. And it makes the lives of those people who are in law enforcement safe. Those, uh, those two codes, first one, 18 U.S. code. This is the teeth in the law where things like qualified immunity go out the window. This, there should never, ever have been anything like qualified immunity. And when they violate your rights knowingly, if it's just two people who are um, not employed by the state, if two people or more persons conspire to injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate any person in any state, territory, commonwealth, possession, or district in the free exercise of an, or enjoyment of any right or privilege secured to him by the Constitution or the laws of the United States or because of his having so exercised the same, or if two or more persons go in disguise on the highway, highwaymen, you know, those guys, or in the premises of another with the intent to prevent or hinder his free exercise or enjoyment of any right or privilege so secured, they shall be fined under this title or imprisoned. And it goes into the sentencing and it obviously um, it, it increases in terms of sentencing um, for what happens in terms of uh, kidnapping, killing, abuse, you know, property destruction, you name it. And then it handles the, the state, anybody who's a agent of the state, 18 U.S. Code 242, whoever under color of law, any law, statute, ordinance, regulation, or custom willfully subjects any person in any state, territory, commonwealth, possession, or district to the deprivation of any rights, privileges, or immunities secured or protected by the Constitution or laws of the United States or to the different punishments, pains, or penalties on account of such person being an alien or by reason of his color or race that are prescribed for the punishment of citizens shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than one year or both, but then here we go. And if bodily injury results from the acts committed in violation of this section, or if such acts include the use, attempted use, or threatened use of a dangerous weapon, explosives, or fire, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both. And if death results from the acts committed in violation of this section, or if such acts include kidnapping or an attempt to kidnap, aggravated sexual abuse, or an attempt to commit aggravated sexual abuse, or an attempt to kill, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned for any term of years up to life or both, or may be sentenced to death. Now, I'm not one for the death penalty in the hands of the state but i'm telling you right now we have recourse we've got law on our side um if you are in the twitter spaces i will I, I'll, I'll take questions from everywhere and anywhere there's uh there's people out there uh if you got something go ahead and uh request to speak and i will get to you on twitter spaces if you're in the chat you can ask questions there um and um, we'll we'll sit here for I don't know maybe the next ten minutes, and at that point we'll uh, maybe uh, have a, a a good night and uh, call it a call it a day. Um, Austin, I got your back too, man. Let's see, let's see, 
let them hear you roar. Jennifer, <laughs> thank you. Um, let's see. Repugnant as incompatible or in conflict with A.A. Ron. Yeah, absolutely. These, uh, most of these laws are repugnant. And guess what? Most of these people have never heard this kind of stuff, man. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I got from my meeting with the mayor and uh, the idea that it's going to take a little bit of time for people to come around uh, in, in terms of the older the older generation, the older dogs that uh, have lived this life a lot longer and, um, you know, are going to have a much harder time, you know, letting go of something where maybe they got duped, man, their entire life. Man, it's, it's got to be tough. You know, I got through the first 20 something years and, you know, figured out I'd been duped by then. And so, you know, for people who might be older, it might be a little bit tougher. It might take them a little bit longer and you got to, you know, I don't know, try to give them as many outs as you can. Uh, in those situations, uh, Austin says, just a heads up, I send you a DM to share to Shane Hazel's Facebook page. Uh, Austin, uh, Munshine, I'll take a, I'll take a look at that. Uh, Todd is driving, traveling a right or a privilege. Traveling is a privilege. Dr uh, I'm sorry. Driving is a privilege. Traveling is a right. You have the right to move. You're a human being. People move, man. Like nobody can restrict your movement. Um, now, Private property is another thing. If you are, if you trespass on private property, um, you're, you know, obviously you're subject to uh, another person's, you know, idea of justice. I imagine um, that's that's how the, uh, the the private property system works. But um, with all that said, you know, to, to think that we can't figure this out uh, in a in a day and age where you know, we've got people communicating around the world in real time across multiple f platforms. Like it's like, all right, you know, we, we can, we can figure this out. So at any rate, um, if there's not a whole lot of questions, guys, uh, Fernando Diaz Rosario says, uh, are the highways private property? Uh, they should be, um, everything should be private. The state is a fiction man. And, uh, you know, the idea that they're here, uh, to protect your life, liberty and property. Well, I mean, we see how that went in 2020. We've seen how it's gone in 2021. Um, they're not here to protect your life, liberty, and property. The state is here to take your life, liberty, and property and live off of it at your expense. How's everything in Georgia, Fernando? Um, it's good, man. Uh, we're, we're, I think, finally getting over it. I ate in a Chick-fil-A restaurant inside for the first time. Uh, this weekend after my kids jujitsu tournament, uh, they did well. My oldest didn't compete because of a, a broken rib, but, um, let's see, I've got a request here. I'm going to add not just hot air as, uh, is going to chime in here. Um, not just hot air when you're ready and you're connected, you go ahead. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we had a tournament down here. They raised $96,000. It was a tournament to tap out cancer for jujitsu. It was awesome uh my little girl man she pulled out this arm bar where uh this guy was getting loose and she uh, went down and grabbed his leg and popped her hips squeezed her knees together man she uh she tapped him out pretty quick and she got a rear naked choke so she got first in her division and uh my son uh henry my middle child he uh was up an entire division, uh, both weight and age. And he got third place and I was, uh, I was really happy. He had a rough day. I will tell you that like it was extremely rough, uh, for him. So, um, but you know, 
going up a weight and division and, and rolling for four matches and coming out uh, in third place in, in that group. I thought he did a great job. Let's see. Yeah, awesome. Todd, uh, let's see. He says, so because most governments are a corporation, yeah, they all are, uh, and they're based on statute law, are they acting in fraud unless you are an employee of that corporation? So it's trust in, in trustee, right? Is the way it was uh, sold to us in, in terms of setup. Um, not just hot air. I, I think you're having a, um, a little bit of trouble uh, getting on there. If uh, we'll try again, I've, I've invited you to speak now. Um, and if not, then we will call it a night here, guys. I'm, I'm trying to see if, uh, if that's going to happen, but you know, killing, killing airtime here at the end. Um, Anyway, if you guys are just tuning in, uh, or I should say just tuning in, if you tuned in halfway through the show, uh, you can go out there, like, subscribe, everything, including YouTube. I'd really appreciate that because I'm behind. Uh, Patreon.com slash RadicalPod if you want to become a patron. And uh, you can give me five-star reviews on Apple. All these things really help the show. And uh, the fact that you guys are reaching out to executives and mayors, not only here, but everywhere else. And, you know, we've got an international audience, guys. I looked at it after we had the Alberta people come in on uh, my um, Lisbon account to see where we're touching. I will share with you guys maybe in, in the show very soon um, what that is. But here's uh, one last part uh, today that I think you guys are going to be tickled to death about. Um, Thursday, I uh, believe it is at 5.30 p.m., the one and only, the great Liberty Tupac, Dave Smith, will be joining me here on Radical. And uh, I'm super excited for that. I've really never sat down and talked to Dave. Um, I've, I've interacted with him here and there. And uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm tickled to death of what he's been doing inside not only the, the Libertarian Party, but the Mises Caucus. And um, as I've said, you know, I, think, uh, I think he's going to do some really, really big things here in the, uh, the, the coming years and to, to be able to get a little bit of his time and have him here on radical, uh, to talk about, we're, we're not going to do a ton of Liberty. Um, I really have an idea, uh, to talk to Dave about, um, life and his family and kids and legacy and all the things that I think we need to focus on as a movement, um, which is humanity. How do we, how do we become better um, in every aspect of our life? And I think most of the time that uh, it's a humanity issue within ourselves, um, where we have to get over some things and we have to open up our mind to some things and we have to let people be and and be relatable and and everything else. But uh, really, uh, I'm I'm super excited about that. Uh, it'll be five thirty, and I'll I'll put it out on Twitter and everywhere else tomorrow to give you guys a reminder. But uh, should be a great show, and uh, you know, kind of a a moment for me as uh, I picked up Dave in about I want to say 2016. Um, very different Dave Smith back in the day. Um, single Dave Dave Smith was. Uh, much different than uh, the the man that he's grown into now. And I think we're going to have a great conversation about all that. But uh, until then, I will probably be doing some Twitter lives in between if I can and uh, answering questions. And I thank you guys all for being out there. Uh, I see you guys, A.A. Ron and Frankie and uh, yeah, Q80 over here and Mech in uh, the Twitter spaces and, and Jennifer and Jose uh, Todd, Fernando, thank you guys. Uh, Austin, the rest of you guys out here on the 
uh, rest of social media for hanging out with me tonight. Uh, really appreciate it, guys. And thank you guys for sharing everything you're sharing. We've got some big, big, huge things in the works. It's going to be incredible. But uh, until next time, I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff.